Hey, thanks for checking out the Blake Benz podcast. Today's episode had John Molyneux. He's the sales samurai talking about all things sales, which is frankly a pretty scary topic for quite a few people. Hey, check out this episode. If you enjoy it, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review. Enjoy this episode, and I'll catch you later. See ya. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. I am sitting down with John Molyneux, who is a sales specialist. Actually, he's not just a specialist. He's a sales samurai. And he's going to be talking all about sales today, as well as a little bit of his background in martial arts as well. John, man, I'm excited you're here today. No, I'm really pumped about being here as well, Blake. It's an honor. Now, where are you, you? Where are you calling in from? I'm actually based in the southwest of England. Originally, I'm from the north, so I'm guessing you guys have probably heard of Manchester. So originally, I'm from a town called Bolton, which is near Manchester. But now I actually live in the southwest, which is a place called Cornwall. Okay. Now, what's the best thing to eat there? In Cornwall, uh, pasties. It's quite famous for pasties, they're called. Have you heard of pasties? Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's like a, a pastry, uh, similar to a pie, but but uh, they were shaped slightly different because uh, when the mining, when they used to go down the mines working, they had a, a big crust on them so they could eat all the filling and then just discard the crust because the crust got dirty sort of thing. That, that's, uh, yeah, they're quite famous for it, actually, Cornwall. So look into it, the Cornish pasty. Okay, yeah. yeah. If my listeners get nothing out of this episode, it's to go look that up. <laughs> so. Yeah, check out the Cornish pasty, guys, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, man, I got to tell you, I'm real excited to have you on the show today. Right off, literally right off the bat when we were talking over LinkedIn and you mentioned, I, I love the sales samurai handle. I definitely want to drill into your background, your, your passion for martial arts as well. You know, talking about sales, man, it's yeah. such a hard conversation for so many people I mean, just go ahead. Let's let's just jump into it. You know what what makes sales so difficult for people? Um, I think it's just the initial fear of it for most people that you have to sort of ride the storm. Uh, I think people are put off by rejection because you get a lot of it. <laughs> it's like probably ninety percent rejection and ten percent joy. So that's I think that's initially what puts people off. You have to uh, grin and bear it for a, a, a while before you start. A, uh, get used to it. If that makes sense. <laughs> I like that expression. I haven't heard that expression. Grin and bear it. But that is such a great. That's such a great saying for really what sales is. Is, is that not a term that you get used over there? Then is it really? You don't, no, not no. Heard that and we're we're in the south too, so it's like <laughs> we got all sorts of weird sayings like y'all and you know all these other things. <laughs> y'all. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like y'all. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> We don't say we don't say y'all here. Well, now you did mention to me before the call started that you know you you're a specialist in all areas of sales. You especially mentioned cold calling, and maybe we can start with that like little subtopic yeah. with cold calling because I've I've heard different. I, I personally don't do any cold calling. I know some people who are really successful with it. You have you know in today's age we have people who even will say things as far as cold calling is dead. What, you know, is cold calling dead? Is it something Crazy. that you still be? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
the people that say that make me chuckle because I'm doing it daily and having success with it daily. I'm cold calling now. When I get off this podcast show, I'm going to go and cold call on people. I've already had two appointments booked today. Uh, well, no, sorry, one sale made today and one one appointment made today. So the sale was a cold call and the appointment's another cold call. So people that say cold calling is dead haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so tell me what what's the secret then what's the secret to cold calling how do you how do you you know even get people on the phone i mean what's what's the answer to cold calling yeah i mean it all depends on your niche area really but i mean most people can get hold of a company's telephone number can't they and a lot of the people they deal you deal with would be the gatekeeper originally uh, a lot of people have, uh, sort of like don't know how to get past the gatekeeper but uh, as Grant Cardone says, you don't necessarily have to get past the gatekeeper. You just speak to the, befriend the gatekeeper because there's a good chance the gatekeeper holds the key, doesn't it? So if you want to get to Mr. CEO and you want to do business with Mr. CEO, if you can befriend the gatekeeper, then you're halfway there, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So don't always think, try and get, don't try always have to necessarily bypass the gatekeeper to get to Mr. CEO. Befriend the gatekeeper and then you'll get your, your back door to the CEO. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting thought because, yeah, I mean, I think you're totally spot on. It's usually like, how do I get past this person as quick as possible? And I guess that person yeah. picks up on that and they're kind of like, well, I don't really, of course. you know, I don't want to let you pass me, especially if you're, <laughs> yeah. you know, to get past that person. Yeah. But, exactly. You sort of belittling, not belittling them, but you sort of just itching to get past them. Whereas if you find out the name and say, hi, Mark, can I speak to, or, or hi, Mark, how's it going? Do you know anything about such and such? then you're giving them a bit more status, aren't you? And then you're going, they're going to like you more. They're going to warm to you a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then also, you know, what's, what's, what else is kind of interesting too is when you finally get on the phone with either, either the gatekeeper, but especially the decision maker, you know, you only have like precious few words to actually say to like hook them. Do you have, I mean, what do you typically say? I mean, what do you typically do? Well, there are different... I mean, again, it would depend on who, what you're sort of uh, specializing in and what your product is, and, and, and there's lots of different factors. But uh, I'd say you've got it, like you say, you, you've got to have a hook. But um, it, yeah, it, it, what I'd suggest is having a script. It, it's definitely good to have a script. Uh, I always follow scripts, but not to a T. So... You don't, because people, especially if they if they if they aren't have any uh, experience in sales, they're going to see straight through a script if you're if you're reading a script. So I tend to follow a script, but only sort of loosely. But then I put my own personality into it. Sense of humor. If you if you can get somebody laughing, that's a good hook. You don't necessarily have to use the product as a hook. You use your own personality as the hook, and have a laugh with them. Or if you can if you can, if you can get somebody laughing straight away within the first ten seconds or fifteen seconds. You, that's a good hook. I mean, I, I do it on the on the door when I'm knocking on people's doors because uh, people say that maybe they might have a cold, no cold calling sign on on the on the windows. That's what we have here. I don't know if you have them over there, but yeah. you might have a cold, no cold calling sign in the window. And if I don't see that, and they come to the door, and say, "Oh, I'll just give you a leaflet." I'm not a cold caller. I'm I'm kind of tepid. I'm I'm lukewarm calling. So <laughs> and then that'll normally get get a bit of a laugh out of them. So do you know what I mean? If you can put a bit of sense of humor into things, then it, you're sort of halfway there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a friend of mine. I'm sure it's a common expression, but his name's Brian Sexton, and he pretty much every day he's talking about his hashtag uh, "People buy from people," 
And so if you can just be yeah. a person, if you can be human, you know, people appreciate that. Absolutely. And saying like uh, another angle on that, what you just said is people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Mm. Don't they? Nobody mm. wants to be sold, but they love to buy. So if you can befriend somebody, if you don't, if you're not, if you're, if you're trying to make uh, it quite, if it's only like a, quick, like a quick thing, if you've not got a lot of time to build up loads of rapport and follow up and all that sort of, and you're trying to get it relatively quick, if you can befriend them and then make it look like they're, they're interested in, they're trying to buy it from you rather than you trying to push something on them, that's the skill, isn't it? So yeah. you're making them hungry for it rather mm-hmm. than you looking hungry for a sale. That, that's the sort of, that's the, the psychology behind it, isn't it? Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting because it's, I think the challenge of all this is, and, and this is the difference between like the great salesperson and the, the wannabe salesperson is some of these concepts are, they're true and they're really great, but the amateur salesperson in their mind, these things are like, tricks or their hacks or they are schemes. And if I, if I can, if I can do this or word it a certain way, it'll trick the person into buying from me instead of understanding that really what we're talking about is like just, just the, just the minutia of selling and understanding how people think, how people operate rather than, you know, it's, you're not like a puppeteer, you know, trying to get that person to buy from you. Exactly. Well, that's what, like you said, there's a fine line between, uh, a salesman that, that that's doing it for himself, purely himself. That's why he's, that type of salesman is never going to make it. You have to be about them. Mm-hmm. You want you don't want you don't want somebody to buy one product from you once. You want that person to buy from you again in the future and, and trust you and become a, a friend and, and a customer, not just a one one hit wonder sale. That's not that's not what you're looking for. In no matter what uh, your products or services, never even coaches and consultants and stuff like that. You're looking for a customer for life. You're not looking for a quick sale. You know, and it's so funny because that's such a that is such a basic, understandable concept. But I've just I've met so many owners who don't operate that way. They don't think that way. Or even I had one guy who he was frustrated <laughs> with the customer, yeah. and he was like, "Well, if the customer doesn't like it, they can just go somewhere else." And I was like, "They they will go somewhere else." But you don't want you don't want them to. You want to keep your customers because it's so much cheaper. It's cheaper and easier just to have one person who loves your brand than constantly looking and fishing for a new person. But not everyone gets Absolutely. that. Absolutely. No. Yeah, I'd rather have one good, genuine customer for life than ten one at one it wonders that don't care about you and will never buy from you again. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's, what's the disconnect? Because again you know, you and I are on the same page and yet there are so many business owners who, who just don't get this. I, th- I think those type of people, I mean, maybe not, not all of them, but the, the, maybe they've got the personality where it's me, me, me. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what it is. They've got that hunger and it's all about me and I don't care about you. That, that is the downfall. You mm-hmm. have to be a people's person and want them to, you got to want their life to improve by your service or products. If your if your product is is more valuable than what they pay for it, then you're you're winning. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's so funny because we've when you think about like the strength of a brand, we can all think of we can think of the brand who does that really well, who like cares for us really well, and it's like oh, I'm going to buy this brand, I'll buy this brand for yeah. life. And then we can also yeah. also think of the brand who treated us like that one hit wonder 
And it was yes. just about the sale. And, and what's funny is you go the opposite way. It's like, now I'm never going to buy from you. I'm going to go out of my way to avoid you because of my bad experience. You just made me think of a, of a brilliant one that happened to me. And I, uh, it, they're absolutely a massive company. And you'll know exactly who they are. And I will never, ever buy from them ever again. <laughs> called, the, 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 no, because I'm into my sports, my sites and stuff. And I quite liked the, the, the clothing. But I bought one T-shirt once. I'm not going to tell you it is yet. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll see if you can get it. Well, no, I don't, you'll never get it, but you'll know who they are. Yeah, yeah. And they sent me a T-shirt. And I think, it, I don't know if it was the wrong color or the wrong style or something like that. And I said, look, I tried to send it back and, I, and they had a phone number to contact them and it wouldn't work and all this. And I was chasing up and, and emailing and all this. And, and eventually I just said, look, I just want my money back. I don't, I've had enough. I don't, I don't think you're going to send me another. I don't know what's going on, but I'm at the end of my tether. Like it were months and months and, and I just wasn't getting anywhere. And I just said, look, I'll, I want my money back. And I don't think I even got that in the end. So... I threw the towel in and I will, I just thought, right, I'm not going to chase it anymore, but I will never ever purchase anything from these guys again. And you'd be, I reckon you'd be surprised when you realize who it is. Well, I mean, you know, it's just crazy. Cause there's these stories where, and here's what's so funny about it. I, and, and maybe here's another way to think about it. Sometimes I wonder if like some of these larger companies, maybe they don't create enough autonomy and ownership in their lower, you know, uh, middle managers or frontline for that. Cause, cause think about this you have months and months and months that you're dealing with this shirt. And I'm sure the shirt, you know, I'm sure it wasn't that expensive, but the amount of time it wasn't, I mean, thinking about like hourly wages here, the amount of time that you're spending, the amount of time the employees are spending doing this back and forth, it'd be infinitely cheaper to have just been like, Oh yeah, sure. We'll refund the shirt or we'll get you a new one. But, and I don't think it's because I don't think these, I don't think these lower, these lower level employees are being obnoxious. I think sometimes organizations are so hierarchical that the person who wants to make the decision isn't allowed to. And so it's like, well, it's got to go up the chain and it's got to come back down the chain. And it's yeah. just this back and forth. that's real annoying. Well, the, the t-shirt, was, I'll tell you, it was, I think it was 20 pounds, which is probably about $18 or roughly something <laughs> like that. So okay, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing. It was Under Armour. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. I bet the, Rock, the Rock Johnson wears them and all that, but I will never, and I still like it, but I will never wear them again just for the fact that the customer service was shocking. Absolutely yeah. shocking. Well, I had a, um, you know, it's so funny because I had an experience with, this would have been maybe 10 years ago with Dell computers and I will never, right. ever, ever, ever buy a Dell computer ever again. Because <laughs> we, Crazy, I, I, bought, I bought this computer, it didn't work. And from day one, it didn't work. And I remember them saying, well, we'll send out a technician. We'll replace a part. And so it took like a week for the technician to get out there. Didn't fix yeah. it. Technician, which is some contractor local. He's like, I don't, you know, they need to replace something else. So I get back yeah. to Dell and they're like, well, you know, we're going to need to send another part out. Send out the tech a second time. Still doesn't fix it. Third time, I'm like, look, this is ridiculous. I just, I just want to send the computer back. I don't want it anymore. I just want to send it back. Yeah. This is just yeah. ridiculous. And they're like, okay, let's, we want to replace one more part. And so they send out a third technician, third part, doesn't fix it. And so I'm like, I want, I want to return it. I want my money back. Well, by the time this third technician has replaced this part, it's past 30 days. And they say, oh, well, it's been more than 30 days. So actually you're not allowed to return it anymore. Uh, and I was well. like, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to return it from day one. You guys told me I couldn't. You told me you wanted to replace parts. And now 
And I just remember being so angry. And I, you know, it was so funny. I, I got on my soapbox. I was on, you know, like the tech support. And I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't know what came over me. I was just like, you guys are bad people. You are a bad person and <laughs> I will never buy from you. And I just like clicked. And literally since then, I have never bought. This, this would have been maybe 15 years ago. I've never touched a Dell product ever. And I never will. No, never, ever will. I don't blame you. So. I don't blame you. Like, it's like you said, though, it wasn't the price of the T-shirt. That, it was, it was cheap. That was nothing. But the fact that they were just so like blase about it and just ignoring me and stuff, I was like, well, what, what sort of... How is that to treat anybody like? Well, I, would, I would have happily bought more in T-shirts, trainers shorts again and kept buying it but no i'll never do it now never. well and it's it's you know i think what happens too is like sometimes because you do have those you have those people who take advantage of the system but what happens is a company starts to mistrust everyone and assume that everyone is trying to take advantage instead of believing in your customer and it's like i was talking yeah. to a guy i was talking to a guy who he sells he runs a protein powder company and a customer bought like two hundred dollars of protein powder and then asked, hey, can I get a couple of extra, you know, those like little plastic scoopers that come with it. And he was like, can I get a couple of extra? Sashes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. And it's $200 of powder. So it's like, it's like, a, it's, it's like a ton of these um, containers of it. So the customer says, hey, can I get a couple extra little scoopers? Yeah. And the guy I was talking to, he was like, well, I, I feel like the customer's taking advantage of me. So I want to tell him, <laughs> I want to tell him to pay for it. And I want to charge him $12 for the scoopers. And I'm like, how much do these scoopers cost you? It's a little plastic thing. And he was like, maybe a dollar. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Just send, send him, you know, send it to him. Like, what are you, what are you doing? But five, yeah, I mean, five people, or so many. <laughs> people just don't, they just don't always think that way. You know, they just, um, they, they mistrust their customers. So it's crazy. Mm, but, absolutely. Not, not the right way to go at all, is it? Well, I mean, if you can, if you can really win a customer over, just like you said, if you can win them over to life, win them over for life, I mean, the revenue alone from that, I mean, that's, that is going, like you said, it's going to pay for 10 one hit wonders over and over and over again. It's a no brainer. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you already stood out to me, you know, the sales samurai, you mentioned do some martial arts. If I met you on the street corner, would you beat me up? No, no. That, well, I don't think any true martial artist should ever do that. No. <laughs> I, I mean, it all depends on which art you're used to. I mean, uh, but, and also it all depends on your mentality, doesn't it? I mean, a, uh -huh. lot, a lot of people that call themselves martial artists shouldn't, shouldn't really take, take that, that name, I don't think, because you're just a thug, aren't you? <laughs> if you've been training martial arts and you just go and beat someone up in the street, you're a thug, aren't you? You're not, you're not yeah. a martial artist. Martial, okay. martial artists, yeah, yeah. Just one second. Let me fix this light real quick. Yeah, sorry. It's morning here, and so the light is just really um, glaring on the camera. Well, you're never going to get that here because it, it's, it's England, isn't it? So you get doom and gloom here. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. so well, what I was saying is if you're, if you're a true martial artist, <laughs> yeah, sorry. If, you, if you're a true martial artist, you should never just use it on the street uh, unless you really backed into a corner and, and outnumbered and stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be using any martial arts unless I was cornered and, and like fighting for survival sort of thing. So I'd never go out and just beat up on someone for the sake of it or if, if he said the wrong stuff to me. It, somebody could call me whatever they want verbally. I'm, I'm not going to react to that. Or any, any tr true martial artist should not respond to anything like that. 
So, I mean, that's why a lot of the MMA get a bit of a bad vibe because they are a little bit like that, aren't they? You know what I mean? A bit bit sort of like... Yeah. But if any any, tra- any traditional martial artists, like your, your sort of Tai Chi or your karate or something like that, they, they've got the discipline, haven't they? So they don't, they don't just unleash on people. It's funny you say that because I remember I, I just saw a uh, video a few months ago of Conor McGregor. He was in a bar... And someone at the bar said something to him and then went back yeah. to like sip his drink. And Conor McGregor just like threw this right hook and had to be restrained. I mean, he just like went after this guy. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Well, that's not, that's not, he's not representing martial arts in a good way, then, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I've nothing against him personally, but if, you, that, if that's the way you sort of like, uh, what's the word? Uh, Carry yourself. Yeah, exactly. Carry yourself. It's it's not it's not the dumb thing. There's no integrity or or discipline or honour in that, is there? So, so how did you how did you get into it? Well, to be honest with you, I was always a fan of it as a kid. I was always into the Jean Claude Van Damme films and that. Oh my and gosh! I used, I used to, yeah, I used to watch all. Well, <laughs> showing yeah. my age a bit now, but Bloodsport and Airwall and things like that. Yeah. Um, any of them, like Bruce Lee, I just loved it as a kid and. As I got older, I did a bit of boxing when I was a teenager and then I sort of steered away from it and I did a bit of military time and did a bit of boxing in the military. And then after that, when I came out, I sort of craved a bit of discipline because obviously when you come out of the army, you're back into civvy street, as you want to call it. Mm. You sort of lose that discipline, don't you? So you're like, I was hunting for it. So I started uh, martial arts again and I did a karate and got a black belt in karate after about four or five years. And then... After that, I still wanted to sort of pursue martial arts. So I, I turned into Muay Thai and doing Thai boxing and I do Chinese stuff. So pretty much, I just love it all. I'm not like, I think it, if you want to be a rounded martial artist, you shouldn't just uh, focus on one uh, discipline. Well, that, this is only a personal preference. I mean, a lot of people do want art for the life and that's all they want and that's fine. But I, I quite like to delve into a few different bits and take take what I like. A bit like Bruce Lee said, uh, take what's what's effective and discard what's not sort of thing. So that's what I quite like to do. You know, that that uh, it's funny you say that because that expression reminds me of another saying, which is eat the fish and spit out the bones. And it's basically, you know, take your, exactly. take your licks in stride and then let, you know, roll off the rest or let go of the rest. Absolutely. And uh, I was listening to one of your podcasts last week, actually, and it was about back to basics. And that that 100% ties into both martial arts and mm. sales. Because what am I doing at the moment? I've literally gone back to basics and I'm on the streets and I'm knocking doors. That's back to basics, but it's where the bread and butter is. And it's the same with martial arts. You you get your basic moves, like your punches and your kicks, and then all your catters and your, your fancy moves are made up of your basics. So it's like a natural progression. When you get to the fancy catters and all the all the flying and all the fancy stuff, it's literally just your basics, isn't it? All put together and made to look better. Yeah. So well, it, it crosses over. That, so, go on. Well, I was just going to say, and I, I don't remember, I've made so many podcast episodes, so I can't keep track of what, what, you know, but it's usually when I do a podcast episode, it's because I've just talked to someone about a topic and I'm pretty sure that one, I was talking to someone who, and I might, maybe if I didn't put this in the podcast, but there was a business owner who was having a lot of um, turnover and employees who just didn't like to work there. And so I was saying, you know, yeah. we, need, we need to get back to some of this basic management stuff. 
And she was like, well, I've heard all this stuff before. Like, where's, where's the advanced stuff? Like, where's the expert stuff? And I was like, the, there's, no, there's no magic here. It's, it's you guys really need to drill down on the basics. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I don't know how much you guys follow like American football, but uh, the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide is like one of the most popular college football teams here. And uh, they're just known for, the coach is known for being relentless around the basics. You know, like we don't get penalties. We yeah, don't, yeah. you know, they just really uh, get after those basic concepts. And it shows because they do, they do extremely well. I mean, they're one of the best football teams in the last hundred years uh, because of that. I must admit, when you mention American football, I mean, obviously it's big rugby. We're a big rugby country, aren't we? And uh, I sort of struggle with the rules of that to a certain degree, but the the rules of American football are just mind-boggling. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got the foggiest idea what the hell are you doing over yeah. there. I really don't. <laughs> That's okay. You know, it's funny because when you grow up with it, when you grow up with it, you don't really think much of it. But then I've had friends, uh, my wife's really involved in the international community, so we'll have friends who will watch a game with us and they'll be like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I, I guess doesn't. so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, baseball is a little bit more sort of easy to follow. And basketball, yeah, I get, I get those. They're, they're quite simple, but I haven't got the foggiest idea what's going on in American football pitch. So I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. It, it is quite fun to watch. So it, it is quite fun to watch. It's quite, it's quite brutal. Isn't it? It's, I do like, I like contact sports, obviously, you probably know that, but yeah, so it's, it's good to watch, but I don't know what's going on. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so talking about basics, I mean, you know, since you've, you've been in sales, you know sales, you get sales, you know, and I, and I know I want to make sure I, we mentioned this towards the end of the episode, because you mentioned you have something you, you can share with people who are trying to grow their scale, their sales acumen. You know, what are, what are some of the, like the most basic but powerful concepts yeah. in sales? Well, I mean, f- for me, I'd say, but then again, this what this one crosses over again into pretty much anything you're trying to do, I'd say, is, is what, one key is relationship building. And if you are going to get into it um, for a career path and you're just going to be, right, I'm going to be uh, 100% into sales and I'm, I want to be a salesperson or a sales specialist or whatever, you need to get your head around how important following up is. Following up and and uh, referrals uh, are absolutely key you can triple quadruple 10x your income by getting by following up correctly and the, the the thing with following up is people are sort of i don't know what people are like in the states i don't know if they're similar here but um people don't really like to to bother people or badger people in, in england i don't know if it's the same over there but i you have to badger people. No, not not sorry, not badger people. But you have to be sort of persistent. And a person will tell you if they've had enough. Do you know what I mean? If 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 they don't want to hear from you anymore, they'll just tell you. So don't be like oh. And but then again, don't badger them every single day. Don't be like oh, oh it's me again, it's me again. Like, that, that, that is like that's like stalking. Don't stalk them. But yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can be pers- persistent. So if if say for example you follow up, so you you do a sales call or whatever with Mr. Prospect. And Mr. Prospect says, I'm really not ready to make a decision. I need to speak to my wife about it. Uh, get back to me. So then you, you follow up, say, another couple of days after in the same week. And yeah, so we're still not really quite sure. We're still trying to, we need to, we might be getting a loan next week. We've got it. We've got a few things to discuss and we're going to manage our finances. Then you might follow up the following week and they're still, so then you'd, you'd like, right, okay, I'll leave it a month. 
Give, let, let the dust settle a little bit and then follow up again. Don't follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, but be, but be quite and make a note and keep track of your follow-ups as well. Because I've been guilty of this myself is like forgetting who you need to follow up with. Because it's quite, it, it, when you're dealing with that many people, it's quite difficult to keep track. So maybe try and find them some sort of system of people that you need to follow up with. I would, that, those are some of the, the key things I'd suggest for people. Yeah, you know, and I, man, it's so funny listening to you because I think that's gold what you just said. Because I've even talked to salespeople who, you know, you, and again, you would think some of these things are really obvious, but in practice, people who they, they don't want to be a bother, they don't want to bother the business owner, you know, and maybe if, if they themselves own the business, like they're an entrepreneur, you know, they're already scared about rejection. And so, but I, I've talked yeah. to people who they'll, they'll, either avoid the follow-up or, or they'll, they'll, they'll reach back out in the most tame way possible. So like a great example would be, it would be like, Hey, did you follow up with, you know, Mr. Prospect? And they'll say, Oh, well, yeah, I, sh- I sent them an email, but they never responded. And I'll be <laughs> like, well, why don't you call them? Like, why don't you go over to their office? Like, why don't you? And it's like, well, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to bother them. And it's like, well, your, your email's going into the inbox with, you know, a thousand other emails, you know, and you're not going to stand out at all, but people, it's like, they don't want to bother. They don't want to press when really, you know, there's a way you can do that respectfully, but also let the person know, Hey, I'm still here if you're interested. Exactly. In this day and age as well, it's so hectic and life is so chaotic and we're always on the go and on the move. People appreciate being followed up because they haven't always got time to sit down and think about the proposal. So if you make a puzzle and they've got other things on the mind or whatever, and then you remind them a few weeks later when they're a bit when they're a bit more calm and they're relaxing or whatever, and they think, "Yeah, I am interested in that. Please tell me more." So you have to be persistent, but not not stalking. With that, I'd say. <laughs> well, and I, I had an old boss who I loved his philosophy. He would say, and I'm sure it's a common expression, but he would say, like in terms of in terms of excuses that like business owners will give you. He'd say, uh, no means no, but everything else means yes. And so until they tell you no, exactly. until they tell you no, just keep, keep, keep yeah. after them. Well, it's 100%. Like anything, with, with, what, with what I'm doing, whether you're, whether you're doing sales calls, whether you're doing door-to-door canvassing, whether you're, doing, whether you're working in, I don't know, a furniture shop, it's all about numbers. You have to think, right, out of 10 people, I might get one or two customers. So every time I get a no, it's just closer to a yes. That's all I all that I think of a no is is a yes. It's mm-hmm. just a, how many how many no's make a yes. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Do you it, know what I mean? It's it's it is it's a total um, numbers game. And I was telling someone who was frustrated with cold calling, I just said, look, it's it's literally a numbers game. I mean, it's it's statistically speaking, yeah. you're going to close a certain number out of a hundred. So if people are telling you no, just keep calling. Call call keep calling people. Tell you that people will close the door in your face. People will do this. Not not everybody is nice, but a lot of people won't do that, even if they're not interested. A lot of most people will say, "Look, it's not something." That, you know what I mean, but you will get. You've got to be. You've got to be sort of hard faced about. It. You've got to be tough, thick skinned about it. Yeah, because you, you will get rejections like that. <laughs> it, it is going to happen. Uh, but I would I would suggest befriending the phone because. Nobody thinks twice about ringing the mate for, to go for a beer, do they? Nobody thinks twice about it. But when you're picking up that phone to, for a sales call, what's the difference? I don't, I don't think of any, I don't let it think be any different. To me, I'm just ringing my mate to go for a beer, not trying to sell him some windows or whatever. 
it's the same. I, that is what you need to do. You need to befriend the phone and think of it as the ringing Mr. Prospect is exactly the same as ringing your auntie in, in Texas <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's the same. <laughs> Don't differentiate. Did you pick the only state you knew other than I were in the United States? <laughs> it's a, it, was a, it was the first one that sprung to mind. <laughs> That's good. That's good. No, yeah. All right. No, that's great. I love it. Well, so so let's do this. Just just since we're wrapping up, how can you know? I got yeah. listeners who are they're in all different stages of the business, but I've talked to them about sales yeah. before. What's the best way for them to engage with you, follow you, get some of your content? W- what do they need to do? Right. Well, at the moment, I've just recently uh, done my first offer. Actually, it's a free offer, so anybody anybody can get it. I've called it Six Killer Samurai Clauses. Now. Uh, you can use these techniques uh, on your sales calls or even face-to-face, whether you're doing presentations, whatever, however your sales um, techniques are, whatever you're using for your sales process, they can, you can use it. You can use them on the phone. You can use them in face-to-face, whatever. So I've got six of those, and um, I'm going to send you the link so that so they can access it through the podcast. If it, or I also have a Facebook group called uh, International coaching community and i have got a link for that as well so i can send that with you and yeah i don't actually have a website set up i oh i am i am i have just done a talk called sales samurai recently as well on launch your vision 2020 so i'll give you the link for that as well that's got other podcasts and ship and all sorts of other subjects and from business and stuff so yeah that there's some really talented guys on that as well uh, with they're, they're offering free free business stuff as well so giveaways so yeah th- that's pretty much uh, for the for the time being how, how people can get hold of me my uh, email address is admin at jm80consulting.com great well so I'll uh, put all of those in the podcast description too for the listeners so they can just have it right there they can check it out and uh, they definitely got to follow you Super. too on uh, LinkedIn as well man you're great on LinkedIn oh thanks yeah um one of the things that I do is I'm actually helping people with book publishing. So I work with uh, Maddox, Team Maddox. You've got Matt and Caleb Maddox, father and son team. Uh, he, he's a very experienced salesman and preacher, actually. He, uh, I know you're quite a, a religious guys over there, aren't you? And he's, he's uh, an <laughs> ex-preacher. <laughs> so, yeah, he's... Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's, well, that is one thing I've noticed, a big difference with here. We don't have hardly any church goes anymore, which is a, is a, is a crying shame. Um, you might just get a few of the old old people do it, but younger generations, nobody does it. Like my age, it's unheard of. Wow, and younger that's surprising. People just don't go to church over it. I know, yeah. it's, it's quite sad in a, in a way, it is really, because um, religion should be a part of everyone's life, but it, it seems to be, yeah. Not not very not very popular nowadays. That's wild. I mean, we even have. I live in a region called the Bible Belt because it's so like religion is so prolific where I live. I quite like the way you do things like you 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 all your, your hallelujahs and you're singing and all that sort of stuff. Don't you? <laughs> Just last week, probably when I was at primary school, when I was about eight years old, and we used to sing hymns and that at school. But yeah, it just doesn't happen. Hmm. yeah well john i'm starting to lose you just a little bit in terms of your internet and so let's go ahead and wrap up i want to just tell you thanks so much for being on the show today i really appreciate it 
Well, if you can still hear me, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for the listeners, definitely follow John on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll put the links to a couple of the resources he has, including the Facebook group uh, in the podcast description. And as always, I hope you enjoyed the episode and we will catch you next week. See ya.